Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam McGuinness and I'm here with my regular co-host Grant. Hi everyone. Uh, unfortunately, George can't make it today, but we do have a special guest with us, Cara. Hello. Just before we get started, I did want to remind everybody that we have a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash flawlessamp. You can back us there from as little as $1 a month and there are content bonuses at $5 and $10 as well. So check that out. And we currently have two Patreons, which is awesome. So thank you to both of you. There you go. Each episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we talk about how they discovered it, why they love it and why they think it's flawless. Uh, Cara, just before we get started, did you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you're up to? Sure. Uh, when I'm not listening to music and doing my own podcast, I own a bar called Netherworld. Netherworld? And- <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. That's just on the road from where I used to work. It's really cool. Okay. Oh, Excellent. thank you. Yeah. Um, my day job, I guess, is I do nails. I'm a nail tech and I do super cute Japanese-inspired nail art under kawaii claws. And my podcast is... Cruising for a reviewson, where I watch Tom Cruise movies with friends and review them. Nice. And there's a secret to that. It's not just any Tom Cruise movie. It's ones that the, your your um, invitee hasn't seen. Yes. I mean, that's so the... they watch it for the first time, then we immediately review it. Awesome. So you watch it with them whilst they're watching for the first time, like a goggle M- box. Watch type most thing. of them. Um, it yeah? depends, like time wise. Sure. Yeah, okay. I, I'm actually finding. I think we should watch it give it a day and then because otherwise okay. you spend the whole time just talking about like remember when this happened remember when this happened but yeah that's fine it's brand new so sure well done yeah. thank you that's cool cool All right. and as our special guest you've also nominated an album that you'd like to talk about today do you want to let us know what album you've nominated yes i have nominated tlc's crazy sexy cool Fantastic. And what led you to nominate that album? So Crazy Sexy Cool came out in 1994, so I would have been about 12 years old and very 1994. susceptible. 1994. What did I say? 84. 84. 84. <laughs> Whoa. Let's go 94. No, I'm born in 82. Okay, came out in 1994, so I would have been 12 years old and very susceptible to pop music at the time. Uh, it was probably one of the first R&B albums I ever got really got into and mm-hmm. it just... I remember it just blowing my tiny mind at the time. Nice. Well, that was a CD purchase, not a tape deck, huh? Yes. You've moved on. I don't think there. I ever really owned you, you cassettes. I think I just too young, missed out yeah. on that. <laughs> oh, I mean, we had a lot at home, but I didn't. I never bought one. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Jeez. So never had to wear it. Never wore out. Never wore out a tape. <laughs> no. Never oh no, I wore turn... it. I used to record stuff off the radio with oh, like, yeah. cassettes and everything. Wear but I never. Yeah. Sorry. I my first album I bought was. Um, Whatever year Batman Forever came out, so nice. I don't even know if you get that cassette. Wow. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was the What was the big song on Batman Forever? It wasn't Smashing Pumpkins. Kiss from a Rose. Oh, I see. And uh, <laughs> you two, you two did Kill, Hold, Hold Me, Kill Me, Kill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. Yeah. Was that the same album? The same. Yes. Okay. It's actually two, a very good two, soundtrack. Uh, that's Killer a good, tracks. Some good songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some two big tracks on there at least. Sure. Mm. Wow. Okay. Cool. 
So yeah, uh, Crazy Sexy Cool was the second studio album for TLC mm -hmm. and it was released on November 15th, 1994 by LaFace and Arista Records. And there were four singles from the album, which were Creep, Red Light Special, Waterfalls, which of course we will be talking about, and cool. Digging On You, released between October 94 and October 95 as well. And they reached the top five. It all did, them. yes. They all, all did very well. 100. Yeah, all apparently four. I saw they the album peaked number three mm -hmm. on the Billboard 200 and stayed there for two years. Yes, yeah. and it's certified 11 times platinum, making TLC the first girl group in history to be awarded diamond status. Sold over 14 million copies worldwide. So wow. not too shabby. Not too shabby indeed. Yeah. Wow. So did it? Did the album grab you right from the first time? You know, did, Would you have heard a single on the radio and I, thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy it? Or? I assume I would have heard Waterfalls. Yeah. Um, at the time, I used to watch, it's back when pay TV was called Galaxy in mm -hmm. Australia. And yeah. if, if it was before Channel V became Channel V, it was called Red. Yep. And I used to watch that just constantly and record all my favorite songs on VHS. And so I imagine I saw it on there and was like, this is great. Mm -hmm. And I, for Christmas that year, I got it for on my birthday or Christmas, which is two days apart, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, I would have been given that and I probably smashed the hell out of it. Nice. Well done. Jeez, huh? So have you? So it obviously blew you away right at the start. Have you kept listening to it regularly since for the for the last twenty years? I I listened to it again recently, obviously for the podcast. Mm -hmm. I, there's a bunch of songs that I absolutely love and are in a couple of playlists, but I hadn't listened to the whole album probably in years. Yeah. But I so I listened to it like as it was in the CD and. A few of my, oh my God, I, yes, I used to love this song. And I knew the words to every single song still, <laughs> nice. like, even though it's probably been 10 years since I yeah. listened to some of them. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. So, um, Grant, yes. had you heard this album before it got nominated? Not or had the, you heard of TLC I, I in the far reaches of South Africa? The, of the dark <laughs> continent, sub-Saharan Africa. Yes. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure we would have had this on tape somewhere along the line. Yep. Um, I, wouldn't, I don't think, I certainly didn't own it myself, but... Um, I was surprised that um, Red Light Special I definitely had heard <laughs> and maybe even Slow Dance to that right. song um, nice. as a, as a what well, I would have been 16-ish in 94. Yeah. Um, and so obviously, you know, that I knew, I, I didn't know, um, I hadn't heard Digging On You as, as a single, but the three others were, were certainly made it to South Africa yeah. and, and got a lot of airplay um, even in, in the Eastern Cape where I was from. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I was amazed in researching this, the backstories around TLC and their challenges, I suppose. From yeah. The, um, I was just, in, it's just they, they didn't, haven't had it easy. No. Uh, so no. As a group. Um, do you want to expand on a, a bit on that, Cara? Because it's just, Lisa in particular, wow, she was yeah, an amazing so person. Love her. So she was probably the most creative person in TLC. And I always wondered why she didn't rap on a lot of songs yeah. or there weren't any songs where she was the lead. And it turned out because she was on probation and doing rehab because she accidentally burnt down her abusive ex-partner's house that she was only released twice. So she went to the recording studio twice and they just had to... For this album could. specifically? Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She was serving so, at that time, eh? Yeah. Because there, yeah, there are only a couple of songs that she features heavily on and that mm. would... Yeah. One of which, or that she wrote, was um, Kick Your Game. I'm not just 
just another fan I am the man and I don't give a damn about who you know I got a 48 track studio back at the crib So drop by, you know where I live I see you all the time, but on another note Would you like to dance? Nah, I'm about to go and I'll hang my coat I've been watching you, watching me Um, I thought was a really unusually phrased mm. um, track, but there's lots of so there's lots of football references and that sort of stuff yeah. in it. So it's like, yeah, okay, this is definitely something she's written to him and yeah, or about um, him. There's a B side to one of the singles, um, I believe it was. Oh no, which one was it? Oh no, it was Red Light Special. Yeah, mm. um, B side that was actually by like all uh, Lisa, and it was specifically about. Her ex, that was my secret enemy, and like they had even she had clips of like police report, like I'm not police, uh, TV news reports right. about the incident and everything. Yeah. So yeah, she was very hurt, and you would be because you weren't, you couldn't be on your own album properly yeah. mm. when you're like the main creative force who wrote a lot of the songs mm. with the producer. So and then the other two, the other two members of the band haven't had smooth like their interactions with her have always been quite heated and fric- had a lot of friction yeah, there as she, well. She has struggled with alcoholism because mm. of her. You know how she grew up and everything, so I imagine that wouldn't have made it very yeah. easy. And they like apparently they made absolutely no money from their first two albums, mm. and they were ripped off really badly. So I mean, it's lucky they stayed together at all, really. Yeah. Now what I looked at, um, it referenced fifty-six cents between the three of them per album. Like that's how much they got per CD sold. Fifty-six yeah. cents divided by three, and you're like, what? Yeah. That's just crazy, really. And that's and, just that's just record label contracts to yeah. a T. Like it's just yeah, we've got a we we hire the producers and we pay all the a lot of the support stuff. So we'll take a giant chunk of it, and you can just get whatever's left over after that. Yeah. And the writers, and especially on an album like this where there's producers and writers, a lot of the songs as well. So it's sort mm. of there's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So then labels use that to gouge particularly heavily. And they declared, declared bankruptcy the next year. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, just. What a bummer! Yeah, like, one like of the, really, one of the best, like oh. best R and B sort of albums that you know stayed in the billboards for two years. And yeah, it wasn't yeah. like it was a slow burner no. where it yeah. sort of only gained fame later. Like they they were selling it right from the start. So mm. it was also nominated for six Grammy awards as well. So Waterfalls was nominated for Record of the Year, and then two of the albums nominations were for the Songwriters for Creep and for Red Light Special as well. And ended up winning two awards: Best R and B Album and Best R and B Performance mm. by a Duo or a Group mm. with Vocals. Amazing for Creep. So yes. yeah, yeah. I just rewatched the clip. I remember that really vividly. Like they were in their silk pajamas in front mm. of bright backgrounds and everything. And I didn't know this. I'm. I was aware that Lisa was strongly against infidelity and cheating. So okay. she. They wrote Creep, which was based on T. Boz's, like a, an experience she had with an ex. Uh, Lisa was so like adamant against it that she was like, "I'm going to wear tape on my mouth during the clip because." <laughs> I like I disregard. Like I hate. Song at all. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's really full on. But they, I knew they always sort of identified as feminist, mm. and this album kind of uh, says a lot about that. But the reason why she was so angry, not so much she thinks cheating's the worst. She's like, if he's creeping on you, just leave his ass. Like, why, why cheating him? Just leave him. That was my yeah. kind of reaction to that to that song as well. Just listening to the lyrics, it's like, okay, so he's cheating on you, and you're like, well, I'm just going to cheat on him. And the reason is so I can get some affection. So you're obviously yeah. not getting affection from him. And what are either of you getting out of this relationship no. now? Like just, just end it. Suit, yeah, yeah. This is not positive or yeah. empowering. Or but it was the 90s, so that's what yeah. a lot of... And, and it was a role reversal to go, 
Yeah. Like not, you know, I know he's cheating, but I'm pining for him and I still love him. Like it was a bit of a raw sort of go, so I'm doing it back to him as well, which yeah. that's the kind of thing. A lot of this album has to be filtered through the idea that it's 1995 and there definitely wouldn't have been a lot of women pop groups at the time and it would have been, you know, would have been the start of the rise of a lot of that movement. So it's sort of... Well, that's a, one of the things I really like about this album is they actually subvert a lot of the topics of that R&B usually covers in that, you know, men talk about sleeping around and all that sort of stuff, like all that, you know, the tropes of mm. 90s R&B and they flip it. So, um, yeah, a lot of it's about them actually, you know, cheating or hooking up with men and not – and like um, – Kick Your Game is about dudes that holler at clubs. So yeah. like basically mm. they're yelling at catcallers and things like that. And even in the um, Red Light special film clip, they're in a brothel, but they are like the pimps and the owners of the brothel and nice. all the guys are the sex workers, yeah. which is like completely <laughs> different to what you normally see, like a strip club with lots yeah. of naked women. So that was really cool. Yeah. Did you, I guess... Even as a young person, did you know, did you spot like a lot of those albums and the themes and the inversion of the tropes and stuff? Did you spot that right from the start or was it something that you sort of came around to over time? Probably not. Uh, like a lot of them are about sex mm-hmm. and I wouldn't have picked that up in a lot of ways. Like yeah. they talk about certain terms that now I'm like, that's obviously about having sex. Yeah. As a kid, I was been singing and dancing yeah. <laughs> to it and my mum, so even my so mum picked it up. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I do remember, so Waterfalls which is very important, like an R&B mm. song in that yeah. they actually talk about some really like intense stuff that no one in pop music ever did. Yeah. And no one, not even R&B music, um, especially not really mainstream stuff, where they actually talk about you know gun violence, mm-hmm. dealing drugs, HIV and all that sort of stuff, which, yeah, I remember as a kid, I, w- I figured out like three letters took you to your final resting place. I'm like, I think that's HIV. made me think i don't know if i thought very much about it but yeah it's yeah it's in, like by capturing in some of that stuff they could probably almost hide it in a way that maybe made the record label a little more okay with putting it out there whereas if like, maybe it was a bit more straightforward they mm. would have been a bit more concerned about sure. yeah. putting it out there. I mean, it's 95 as well though. like yeah 94 i mean that's a, a very different world to in the to film know. clip they were pretty like straightforward with it. Yeah. yeah they showed yeah. like the effects of it and also in that film clip my family went to Universal Studios when I was 14, so the album had been out for two years, so it was still very popular. And we're doing the backlot tour at Universal Studios, and there's a area where it's all flat water and like a curved background that looks like more water in the sky. And I remember them saying, and if you've seen the music video for TLC's Waterfalls, this is where they filmed it. And I, my tiny mind was blown. Yeah. It, was the best, <laughs> <laughs> it was the best thing ever. There's a the film on TV, I remember this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen it live. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I've been, I've been back and I've seen it and I still think that's where, that's where Waterfalls is filmed. <laughs> mm. So do you know if they're still touring or playing 
doing yep. stuff together. They are. Yeah. They've played a couple of times in Brisbane and the last time they were in town, I found out, I realized on the day it was happening, it was like $150 or like quite a lot of money and it was at Eaton's Hill and I just gave mm. up because that was yeah. too much time, time and money to get out there. Yeah. Mm. But I really want to see them live because they meant so much to me as a growing up. Mm-hmm. But I also feel really sad because Lisa's... So what do it. they do with Lisa's parts? Yeah. Uh, I think they actually play them. Okay. It's just part, yeah. of, the backing, part of the backing yeah. track. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh. So yeah, they they never like, I mean they had they didn't have any full falling out. So they had their moments, but they always kept her as like a honorary member. Yeah. And mm. cool. she wasn't on Juris was on her own or without she wasn't in this. They weren't all in the same car. Um no no she was in South America. So no, it was yeah, South America. Yeah, South, South Central America. Yeah, yeah. so she um, just was having a really rough time dealing with a lot of personal stuff and was driving too fast and crashed her car really violently and mm. yeah i remember that happened and I, I think i cried a bit too sure yeah that's tragic yeah it's, it's very sad she was so cool i mean she did she needed one song like one solo thing and it wasn't a very good song but i mean, her fashion it was so good and i was really excited to see what all the other stuff she'd do and then yeah yeah sad yeah because we did um when we did we've covered missy elliott's album and the last song, the under construction, and then the last song on that is a tribute. Like, it, so it's all like really hardcore hip hop, really mm-hmm. strong beats and everything. And then the last song is like a really soft R and B song about, and it's all sort of dedicated to her, and it's all about how much everybody misses her and that sort of Aww. stuff. So it was really a nice way to end the album, but it's, yeah, it was very sad. Mm. So yeah, did you want to tell us about some of your favorite songs and yeah. how they grabbed you? Yeah, um, I probably my favorite songs aren't they, they weren't singles. And there's actually not much to say. Like my favorite song was Take Our Time, which is just a really soppy, yeah. sexy, <laughs> like slow love song. And yeah, I don't really, really like slower. really slow songs, but yeah. I really liked that as a kid. And I was also really into Something Wicked This Way Comes, mm-hmm. which is introduced by Andre 3000. Remember back in the time when the only sign we had was pickets, but now in 94 it be this way, something come wicked. G aims, killing others for color, things that we wear for fashion. Other brothers take it for a reason to be blasted. What the cuff is going on? Not soft like buttercups, but had enough of singing that same song. See, I stayed across the street from the projects. Took out your mama trash and groceries to her trunk to keep my pockets. Back like Segulee, only been in jail one week, plus I'm sure of it. And I pray to God I won't repeat. I should yeah. Yeah. Guess on that. And it's kind of weird because you always think of him as being like larger than life, kind of fun, mm. wacky character. And he actually sing, like raps something really heavy, like about, um, I think he said, senseless killings that happen when a kid finds himself wearing the wrong colors in the wrong area. So like this world weary song about you know, gang violence and mm. troubles that African American yeah. people Cause have I, to I, with. Yeah, I recognize the voice and I saw him in the credits, but it would have been, I'm not sure, hey, uh, no. Even, uh-uh. Outcast, outcast were out. Yeah, sorry, sorry, outcast not hey, sorry. Yeah, I think it was even before Miss Jackson, so it wouldn't have been on the radar for most. Like I didn't know who he was. Yeah, so he would have been probably just Um, a local guy kicking around doing stuff. Yeah, just Mm. yeah, outcast are still just in America, nowhere not known in Australia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, So yeah, I really like that one, and I still remember Lisa's rap in that one. Yeah, which is. Made me very proud of. Yeah. It's not, not a song that you see in a karaoke much, but if it was, I would be great at it. Um, other songs I liked, I like Switch, where they sample mm-hmm. Rapper's Delight yep. by Sugar Hill Gang, which is that's another one where they subvert the whole thing about like switching guys, like if he's you know stressing or boring you, 
yeah. just switch and take his friend yeah, kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> which is really fun. Which is, yeah, it was sort of a, um, yeah, if he's not doing it for you, just dump him mm. and get rid of him and move yep. on and go, which was like the opposite of what Creep was. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is, yeah, that was yeah. how they really complex. felt. <laughs> yeah. It's a complex album. Isn't it? it is, yes. Nice. Well, there you go. I also really liked Case of the Fake People. much to say about that was just a you know pretty straightforward don't like fake people yeah yeah it's thematically very straightforward and it's yeah that sort of fist pumping in the air moment of like yeah now i've realized the people i'm surrounded by are fake and does is lisa on that one i think she's part of i couldn't quite tell uh kick you uh no sorry case of the fake people i can't remember now yeah just listen to it well yeah it felt like it felt like Something that she, knowing her troubles and the sort of yeah. the people that would have been around her, it felt like something that she would have been very yeah, she probably right did. behind and very felt strongly about. Maybe one of the ones that she helped write. Mm. And If I Was Your Girlfriend, which was actually a Prince song. Yeah, Prince which song. Which I didn't oh, know I didn't okay. until, I remember hearing that and loving it and I saw that it was written by Prince and I assumed that he'd written it for them. And then a couple of years later, I actually heard his version and I already, I didn't know who Prince was and I actually really liked Prince, but... Yeah, I was really excited that, oh my God, Prince actually sang it because it doesn't like, if I was your girlfriend. Yeah. As a mm. small child, I didn't understand. But <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, boys like girl, girls and girls like boys. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I really like that song too. Like it's actually not that different to the Prince version, but it's the first version I heard. So I really like yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, need to, yeah, need to, depends on what version you hear first. It's always going to matter which one you end up liking the more. But that one, that one's got the line... I don't know about anybody else, but for me, not so much. Like that's like, yeah, no. I'm, like I think being in love with someone means you're in love with them, no matter what they're wearing out. But I also don't go clubbing, so I suspect if I did go clubbing a lot, maybe my wife Michelle would probably try and maybe push yeah. me in a direction clothes-wise. <laughs> I don't think if Prince. Imagine dating Prince, you would have had to have dressed up significantly yeah, that's true. to uh, yeah. be seen with him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also realized upon listening to it. I mean, I know they did it a lot in the 90s, but all the interludes, mm. I remember hating them. Yeah. That was the only thing. <laughs> I, I don't, yeah, well, there's so many albums I like from that era. I just have all these interludes. Interludes and, and skits like, and stuff. Yeah. 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 I, don't, I never understood why. Like the album's less than an hour long and it's got, probably got about six minutes worth of weird. Yeah. And hmm. then even, yeah, so the interludes didn't do anything for me either because yeah. normal, like if it's, the only one that did was... Um, Sexy, really? Twelve. That's the one you like. Yeah, because I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> man, this is so cheesy, and I'm tired of the interludes already. And there's already been like four by that stage. Yeah, and it's going, it's going for a little bit long and a little bit. Long. I'm like, this would be so cool if it's like a comedy one, and she fucks him up at the end. And I was like, that, would, but I don't really think that's gonna happen. And then she does, yeah. and it was fucking great. <laughs> I was like, yeah. What you wanna do? I want you to 
what you want me to do? I want you to... I want you to... Pass me some tissue... So I can wipe my ass! <laughs> so she, um... Yeah, she asks him... I assume it's like supposed to be like a random number. They've each called each other. Yeah. Or someone's called like a random number. Like a sec- dirty call. And yeah. Then turns and out she... She's on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was really kind of It felt very. I probably laughed a lot as a kid too. Yeah, yeah. It felt very dude as well, like very man sort of things to go, haha, I've been on this toilet the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah. But the other interludes, and then like intro lude, so that's the opening track. It's like, that's cool. It's got a nice hip hop song. It only goes for a minute, but it's disappointing that the first song on the album, you only hear a man rapping. It's like, I didn't really come here for this. No, yeah. Didn't really come here for this. This is TLC. Yeah, I came here to, yeah, like they're they're there, but like it definitely puts him front and center. And like, can I get a witness, which is the one Buster Rhymes? And I'm like, I don't care what you like. Buster Rhymes, get out of here. This was the whole thing. So he talks about what being crazy and being sexy and being cool means for him. You know, I want one of them crazy women that just ready to rip somebody's face off for her man. You know what I mean? One of them crazy women that have come down to the spot where all the niggas is at. Represent because she know a man ain't doing right. <laughs> and all through the and it's still the same things that they've been mentioning through the album about how women can be crazy and fiery and you love that and then it can be sexy, but you also want to be cool and relaxed. But I really didn't need Buster Rhymes to go and no. that's like the man's perspective of, and this is why I like a woman. It's like, no, no. We want women to want to be that because they're that, not because they're hoping that a man that that gets men's attention. Yeah, I wonder if that's why they put it in there because like men will probably start drifting off and they're like, yeah. "No, Buster Rhymes, Buster tell Rhymes them why you're here. meant to like yeah. it." <laughs> and he doesn't do a, like he's like it's his vocal style, but it's not really rapping. It's more just like a spoken word sort of thing, yeah. which is I found yeah. Yeah, because he's like famous he's got, for rapping really fast and yeah, he just kind of talked in that yeah mm. yeah. I remember when we did the Kendrick Lamar album and they had he had Buster Rhymes in one no, he had Snoop Dogg for a track. And it was like, why would you bring him in and just use him a little bit? But he used, like he used exactly what he had and he played against type and it worked really, really well. Whereas this one, the playing against type didn't really seem didn't felt like a lot of work to get him there to not take advantage yeah. of what he's really provided. Yeah, yeah, like if they were trying to get some extra clout by having yeah. Buster Rhymes, it, I don't think it did its job necessarily. No. But Buster Rhymes was he wasn't particularly massive in ninety four though, was he? Just yet either. I wouldn't they imagine. Sort of, yeah, probably not either. Sort of he probably emerging. would have been still coming through, yeah. Yeah, Andre 2000 and Us with and our Buster. vast knowledge of 90s hip-hop. Yeah, correct. The side. <laughs> deep <laughs> deep Buster, knowledge. Buster Rhymes was a thing, right? Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, he probably was over there. Just yeah. Poor Australia. Possibly, yeah. He would have waited a long time. Probably South Africa too. Yeah. Like three years later, like, oh, yes, I've heard of that person. Mm. I think, um, and I was kind of on Wikipedia, they've got the list of all the songwriters. Obviously, the members of the band themselves would have had him put into this, but usually the songwriter is the person who did the most of the writing. I was a bit disappointed that almost all the songs, if not all of them, were written by men as well. Mm. So it was very much one of those record label, we're going to go out and find all these guy producers and these guy writers to come and put these songs together for you to be the front piece for. Yeah. And obviously, the themes and everything would have come from them, and that's the sort of stuff they were looking for. But I was mm. just, yeah, would like to see a few more women. I think in that's there. what. Fan, ma- I think I should have researched this, but I'm pretty sure they tried to fix that in fan mail. Okay, because was that one of, like a that was a one of the next a, albums. It was the next album. Yeah. Oh, cool. It was in 1999. So they awesome. so they went broke, and then they had so much fan mail saying, "Please get back together and do more music." It was so yeah. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. Fan mail. There you go. Yeah, okay. so that's why. Yeah. It. So 
I think from distant memory, I think they wrote more music on that because, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's not a slight on them at all. Like, they would absolutely have had to do yeah. whatever the record label told them to do. That's the position they would have been in at the time. But it just, yeah, from the record label's perspective, would have been nicer to yeah. have a few more women around. I always thought that TLC was 10 to 11 care. Yeah. So <laughs> that was what I learned in researching this one as well. So. Yeah, Lisa and Chili. So yeah, there you go. I actually huh? didn't know what TLC meant to Love and Care for a very long time because really? I thought TLC just was, was it a the band. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow, huh? There you go. I remember seeing it written somewhere. I'm like, why would TLC be written there? And then I eventually worked it out. Nice, uh, Grant. Did you have any other favorite songs on the album that we haven't touched on already? Uh, uh, look, I think specifically. Oh, I mentioned Red Red Light Special. That was um, one that I, that I had forgotten that they they'd done, and was certainly a hit. Um, in in boarding school in the, in the Eastern Cape when um, when the light, lights went um, a, a little dimmer um, and, and the hits of your creeping waterfalls obviously were were very popular for for mine. Yeah. Um, what else was the ones that I that I liked? I thought digging a new was well, I hadn't heard that one mm. was also good. Um, and I, I didn't like. I'm intrigued that you like number twelve. That's sexy interview because <laughs> I was like, "What? Are you serious?" I just think um, I just, a lot of the other intro, the interludes were just the beat and a little bit of people saying crazy, sexy, cool over and over, and it was nice to have something different happen. And then yeah, and the fact that I sort of like this would be great if it did this and it did it and I'm it like, did it. Yeah, you just called it and that, yeah, and it happened. Huh? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah, I remember my other favorite album from around the time was Janet by Janet Jackson. Yeah, she had a few little interludes, and she had a similar jokey right. kind of one. I think she was masturbating, which I wouldn't have understood <laughs> as the, the small child yeah. that I was. In fact, when I listened to the album again, I was like, "Oh, this is all about sex." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I had absolutely no idea. Yeah, so she did that too. So I guess that was kind of thing. You do some serious ones, and then just chuck that silly, funny one yeah. in there for a laugh. Because they um. Is it, I think it's Let's Do It Again, which is like, oh, yeah, this is a kind of a sexy song and everything. And then it gets to the end and there's moan, like whoever was singing is now just straight up having an orgasm and moaning straight into the microphone. Oh, I was like, listening to that with my mum and <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, I should probably skip this song. Yeah. <laughs> but she didn't notice, thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Grant, did you listen to it in front of your kids? No. No, this no was, I you did not all put of this it. one away. No, you no. saw it coming? No, I saw it. Well, <laughs> they wouldn't, they, I mean, that's three and four. Four, so it's certainly well. It's got off. dance beats. That's three um, and four years really. Only they, they um, they, they would have listened to well when they were paying attention or close by. I think certainly, uh, it was early on. I think um, creep or waterfalls. I think they would have heard. Yeah. Um, and done a little jig as yeah. they're liking to do <laughs> recently. And that's yeah, that's um, um, definitely waterfalls. Like it's such a serious song and about really deep themes, but it shows how you can couch something in a nice it, beat. Big time. That people just, I mean, even today, it's still like almost like a meme as well. Like mm. when talking about chasing things and that sort of stuff, everyone just automatically defaults to waterfalls yeah. and that sort yeah. of thing. So it's sort it's of iconic. Yeah. For sure. Timeless, even that one. Big time. Um, Red Light Special has a big guitar solo. Very almost Prince-like. I kept, I keep mm-hmm. thinking 
Oh, Prince must be the Red Light Special one because it's got like a really big guitar, like very 80s, very couched in production and stuff like that. But yeah, it's the one sort of out there instrumentation that happens on the album is like a really big guitar solo that goes for a bit. And it's also, I think, the longest song on the album then as well. So did you, Cara, did you have anything else you wanted to cover before we go to a final pitch? I don't think so. Um, I'm just trying to think if this is my favorite. Like it's obviously the one I remember the most Mm because I listened to the most. And I was trying to think, I really like Who Won the TLC Tip um, because it's a bit more New Jack Swing, yep. which is actually my absolute favorite genre. Cool. Um, but so I didn't hear that. Tell us a bit more about what New Jack Swing is. Just for yeah. uh, it was like a really specific time of um, R&B music. So Tony, Tony, Tony's Feels Good is mm-hmm. a really classic example. A lot of Janet, Jack- Janet Jackson did a lot of New Jack Swing um, Belbiv DeVoe and yeah, a lot of those ones, like um, like a lot of three-piece guy yes. R&B groups did it and it was really upbeat. Like there's actually like a, a very specific like beat and timing that yeah. they do in the music. But it was, yeah, just really, I mean, it was named after New Jack City, that yep. movie, yes, which is actually a very mm-hmm. serious movie. Yeah. It was a very serious but movie. But for some reason, New Jack Swing came yeah. out of that. So uh, Bobby okay. Brown did a bit of New Jack Swing and everything. Cool. So. Yeah, so that one was a bit more, and it was really. I, I didn't listen to that until after this, like this album first, and then I listened to that one. Now maybe I like that one better because I like really, really light, upbeat music. Yeah, and they still had their serious themes, but yes, I, I definitely know every single word to this one. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and you do often do that. You attach to the first thing you hear, yeah. even if later stuff might be better, or you mm. get into that more. But you still attach to that first yeah. one. Yeah. So, how many more albums did they have after this? The fan mail was next in 1999. Yeah. And that had sure. no scrubs on it, I'm assuming? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Disappointed to find that wasn't on this album. I was like, I'm going to listen to no scrubs in a while. I was like, oh, really? I'm... Such, such populist. Yeah. It was like, I hope the big single's on this one. <laughs> Damn it. The sheer volume is amazing. I, I, I'm not sure what it was looking, but they said combined Crazy Sex Cool and fan mail was 20 million copies. And that was probably in the US alone. Yeah. Like twenty million, yeah, two albums. It's made a lot of money for somebody. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and I do. I just go, you know, there's, there's, um, you know, searching for Sugarman and Rodriguez, and it's a similar story where, um, I, he just got ripped. Yeah, and, and these guys and and TLC for mine just appeared to have got absolutely ripped off mm. by um, by by their um, producers etc. In, mm. in in these in those two and to file for bankruptcy. I mean, the, your highs. I could not begin to imagine your high from having an mm. album that. Everyone around the world knows. Yeah. And you, within 12 months, you're filing for bankruptcy. Yeah. Like, it's just... And not, and not from necessarily spending it all either. Like no, just, no. Didn't it didn't have, sound like didn't they were it. going... And not, not compared to the people who were supposed to be supporting them yeah. at all. Um, yeah, they probably didn't at all have any money. They just had this high fame and then they yeah. much, you know, ferried around by the, yeah. by the yeah. Um, label. And, you know, then all of a sudden they're like, all right, we're done with you. Yeah. And you like financial controllers get involved as well. So they're like, oh, we'll take people like Grant, accountants, who's like, we'll take your money and we'll put it here and it'll like... We'll look after you. We, you've got a lot of money, but it, you could be making more money if it was over here where it's at risk. And instead of just going... I, that's why I always thought it was like, oh, I don't understand how rich people go bankrupt. Mm-hmm. And I think it's for me because if I had a million dollars, I would just hold on to it and go, well, now I've got a million dollars. But it seems like rich people go, well, I've got a million. And someone goes, if you give it to me, you could have five million. And they're like, all right, take it all. And then it disappears and suddenly you've got nothing. So yeah. I don't know whether it's from not having it to begin with or... Or just buying big gates with your name on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you end up in more debt than you actually had the money to start with, which yeah. always seems really weird to me. It's 
bizarre absolutely bizarre yeah. cool did you Karen, want to make your final pitch for why you think this album is flawless I think this album is flawless because it is an amazing example of popular R&B music of the 90s. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone who at least was born in the 80s doesn't know at least Waterfalls yep. and maybe a couple of other songs, whether or not people realise the themes. I, I hope people listening to this are like, oh, I didn't actually know that uh, Waterfalls was about like really serious topics and they had you know, uh, cases that, uh, something wicked this way comes, which is like, you know, talking about the black experience in America that look, we don't really hear much, didn't hear much in the 90s anyway, yep. necessarily, especially not in popular music. So, yeah, and just the way they subverted the normal themes, which are about men cheating on women, about them getting back at their partners and yeah. everything, and just knowing how nice it was for Lisa, as much as she wasn't on the album, to get her digs into yeah. Andre Rison, yeah. who sounded like a real piece of crap. <laughs> nice. Grant, yes. final summary and a thumbs up or a thumbs down from you. How did you find Crazy Sexy Cool? Look, it was, it, was, um, it, it took me back in time, I suppose. As, mm-hmm. as, as, as I mentioned, um, I was in my third year of boarding school um, with a couple of those songs that certainly were, um, were played at, um, at, I think you guys call them Blue Light Discos. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, is it because they're run by the police? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they're run by the police. The PCYC. The PCYC. Oh, well, see, I've I've been married to an Aussie for five years. I mean, I've never heard that. That's the reason why. Well, that changes everything. And and so so the songs that I knew was was great to go back in time. I'd have to say it's a thumbs down overall for me. Uh, we, we spoke briefly of the sexy interlude, which yeah. I didn't really think was so cool. And you mentioned, Cora, about the interlude sort of don't... I don't necessarily they, they think they add too much to the album. I think some of the songs are great. I mean, I've got a lot of ticks down here um, and some double ticks, which is my, you know, really... It's doing, very serious, doing serious business. <laughs> Grant yeah, the is serious business. Yeah, this is, this is the good stuff, you know. <laughs> um, the, the interludes probably didn't do too much to um, for me. And I thought it was just a bit... Um, uh, some of it in, in parts was, re- was repetitive, but um, great, great to listen to. And mm-hmm. um, you know, I would, if I was pitching for this, I would, my, my immediate retort would be, well, twelve odd million people, yeah. <laughs> okay, Grant, what do you know? So bugger off. But um, great to have a listen to, and thanks for bringing it. Mm. Liam, your thoughts and final summary? Yeah, um, I had similar thoughts around the interludes. They didn't really do a lot for me except for that one that I really, really loved. The other thing that (laughs) didn't really do a lot for me, you mentioned we were talking about movies before and you said that romance movies don't really do a lot for you. Romance songs don't do a lot for me unless they've got some kind of special hook or there's something really special going on about them. So things like, um, I mean, Red Light Special I didn't mind, but Take Our Time. um, What else? Take Our Time. Let's do it again. Digging on you and let's do it again didn't really do a lot for me. So just the really straightforward, I love you, I'll do anything for you. Like, yeah, not enough for you then. Not they don't. Yeah, that sort of song doesn't really do sure. a lot for me. So unfortunately, I also had to give it a thumbs down. But I really love, the, like, why you've pictured that it's that like yeah, it's a female fronted R and B hip hop soul album in an era where probably there probably wasn't enough of that stuff going around. Yeah, and yeah, it's thematically like it's timeless and it's been getting like it's still got people's attention all the way through. So it was really cool. Awesome. Uh, we would like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we are Flawless AMP on all of those. So check us out. Uh, give us a like. Give us a rating. Everything you do there helps us find more music lovers just like you. 
Uh, we'd like to thank Cara for coming on and presenting, giving us her album. Thank you, Cara. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.